director Anne Timoner is here to talk about the new director's cut of her film Maplethorpe and give us her spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Anne. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks for having me. Tell us about your film Maplethorpe. Well, it's uh, a film that I originally optioned to direct and produce back in 2006 and was developing for 12 years. Then I did a rewrite from scratch in 2010 after taking it to the Sundance Labs, and we had optioned the rights from the Maplethorpe Foundation, and they supplied me with a bunch of his work, and that really informed the script. And then we cast Matt Smith as Robert Maplethorpe well before he started with The Crown, and that was also a really important move because he did an incredible job. And then, yeah, shot the movie in 19 days in Manhattan, and the, all five boroughs, <laughs> and shot four decades worth of period on Super 16 and Super 8, and just immensely happy that the director's cut, which is the original cut that was going to premiere at Sundance in 2018 and did not for various reasons, um, is finally getting a release, and uh, people will get to see the, the full and complete vision that I had for the film. What was your inspiration for telling this story? Well, Robert Maplethorpe is probably one of the most controversial artists in our history, and I had a calendar of his work of flowers when I was just 12 years old but had no idea of the full range. And um, when I was approached originally by Bruce Goodrich, a production designer, to produce and direct the film that he had written, which was more of a courtroom drama looking back uh, on his life from the perspective of the court case around the perfect moment and uh, the arrest of Dennis Barry in Cincinnati, the museum director who showed the work, uh, the ex-portfolio work. I was drawn to the fact that he's what I call an impossible visionary. He's somebody who really took on the impossible in picturing LGBTQ life back in the 70s and even the late 60s, and also S&M and, and really some edgy stuff that even today is a bit edgy, but back then was absolutely deemed obscene. Um, and he was determined to make us all see how beautiful it was. And I thought if I could tell this story in a relatable way and really bring him to life, I would be creating an anthem for artists and also for people to just discover who they truly are. Um, because Maplethorpe really discovered his sexuality through his art. And so it's really a coming-of-age story where the camera really leads him into these other worlds. And he is determined to have us all understand the beauty of those worlds and also to make photography a collectible art form. And I felt like nothing really existed that told his story um, and showed the psychology behind his work. And so really the challenge became making the film as beautiful as his work, which was really, really important as well. What do you hope to accomplish with this film? I think with all of my films, I really aim to tell the stories of courageous people who fight against all odds and show them for all of their flaws and, you know, all of their winning qualities uh, hand in hand and, and in that way inspire audiences to really lean in and grapple with the things that they have that they want to do, the visions that they have that they feel like, oh, I can't do that, that's impossible or people wouldn't understand that or I'm not good enough. You know, a lot of the people that I portray in my films, and Maplethorpe is no, no different, he fits right in, are people that are kind of impossible people, you know, in a lot of ways. But they're also incredibly lovable, and they also do incredible things. And 
So I think the motivation there was to create an anthem for artists and also for LGBTQ people to kind of, once again, I think, what is good art? Good art is what makes you look a little bit deeper and question your reality, you know? And I feel like the story of Robert Maplethorpe told well does that. It also can fill you with a lot of beauty. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden administration? Well, I think that, you know, first of all, we need to reverse some of the most recent decisions that the Supreme Court made towards the end of the Trump administration. So, I mean, it's not necessarily good to wish for the death of people, but if some judges could retire and Biden could even out the court or if he's going to go for 11 justices idea, which I guess is, what is it called, packing the court? However that happens, I think we need the Supreme Court to be returned to the side of good and equality for everyone. There's a lot of discrimination across many different aspects of our society that continues, obviously, to this day. We're making progress, but there's a lot more to be done. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially dealing with these COVID-19 times? So my most recent film is a documentary called Coming Clean, and it's actually in cinemas now. It actually kind of covers some of your question, which is, about connection being the opposite of addiction. It's about the opioid epidemic and addiction specifically, and it really looks at people who are in recovery or coming out of it and also working with political leaders on the front lines to solve those issues because there's more people dead from opioid addiction this year at opioid overdoses than the COVID-19 pandemic. And suicide rates in youth also uh, are tied in with the isolation that they feel is caused by the isolation that they feel. And, of course, that isolation is more likely even still with all of the prejudice against LGBTQ youth, especially also feeling like their parents don't understand them. Um, and so I think it's a really important subject, and my advice is to connect no matter what, even if it feels painful. The more that we isolate, the more we want to isolate. The more that we isolate ourselves or we feel isolated and we don't pick up the phone or we don't answer the phone, the more that we don't want to anymore. It's a really weird thing. And then you have that conversation and you feel seen and you feel understood, even by one other individual, and it can take a lot of the pain away. And it's important. I'm raising my son now. He's 17, and I can feel his ups and downs that are also hormonal, you know, and it's a really, really challenging time. But... I remind him all the time, like, you have a whole life ahead of you, you know, and it's really important to keep in mind that this is just another day, just get to the next day. How can people get information about Mablethorpe? You can watch the movie. The director's cut on all digital platforms, including Hulu, iTunes, and whatever else. So uh, definitely you can follow it there, and I'm at Andy Timoner on social media and also all information about it on the Interloper Films website, which is my film website. So you should be able to find it pretty easily. What other projects are you working on? I am currently working on a project about AI and artificial intelligence and especially uh, us forming connections, friendships, deep friendships, and love, romantic love, with non-human beings. So... That's a project that I'm doing called Replica, 
right now that I'm in development on. I've also, I've been documenting our emotional journey through the pandemic, um, through the lens of science and the science of love and in making coming clean and realizing that the isolation is the driver of addiction and of suicide and of so many of our problems. I'm wondering where as a society we went wrong. So I started filming in November 2019, and that project is called Between Us. I've been filming different people and different relationships. Um, I'm also working on my next screenplay, which is about my father, who just passed away. Um, and uh, even on his deathbed, I was working on a uh, revision of that with him. Um, but it's about his meteoric rise, founding the fastest-growing airline in the world, um, and then an accidental stroke that happened um, when I was nine and a half and kind of what happened from there. And he also chose to die. And in California, there's an end-of-life option act. Um, and so I ended up documenting with his blessing uh, the last month of his life, which I also will be making into a film called 15 Days. Um, oh, and the screenplay about him is called Stroke of Genius. So I have a few projects, but I'm very passionate about all of them. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? Well, my favorite things to talk about are art and spirituality. So I love talking about film, and I love to talk about how we can live centered and present lives amid sort of the chaos and the challenges of our society and how busy it's gotten for all of us with digital technology. So I guess if you want to talk about that, I'm happy to talk about that. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra to get you through these difficult times? I have a few. Usually they come from Thich Nhat Hanh, and I say, I am becoming calm. I am letting go. In surrender, there is victory. I smile. I am free. I do think freedom is ultimately the most important element and most essential element to our happiness. And that is freedom not just in our society and from, you know, the freedom of, of having civil rights, but also the freedom we allow ourselves to be who we are and to become who we truly are.